Discover how you can live a glorious and supernatural life through the teachings of Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa. Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa is the senior pastor and visioneer of Holy Hill Chapel, Assemblies of God. An anointed, energetic, and practical teacher, this servant of God will inspire you with practical teachings of the Word of God that will inspire, refresh, energize, and bring healing to your body, soul, and spirit. Now to today's message. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the September edition of SBS. Our resource person for tonight, Mrs. Sewa Jemfi Dugu. Sewa is the founder and owner of Chop Shop Ghana, a growing Ghanaian food and beverage brand, a food business coach, and a resilient entrepreneur. She attended Archbishop Porter Girls Secondary School and had her bachelor's degree at the University of Ghana, Legon. She read her LLB with the University of London, an MSc in Corporate Social Responsibility and Energy from the Robert Gordon University, Scotland. She has appreciable years of experience in corporate affairs, communications and marketing with the then Sahel Sahara Bank, now Omnibusik, and the Royal Bank, now Consolidated Bank Ghana. Prior to these roles, she contributed significantly in data analysis for the freight forwarding giant Ghana Link Network Services. Aside overseeing the strategic growth of Chop Shop Ghana, her NGO, The Good Neighbor, is an initiative dedicated to the cause of volunteering and community work. Her passion to mentor and elevate young entrepreneurs into the food and beverage industry birthed the Food and Beverage Academy, TFBA, dream to facilitate this mentorship. Mrs. Duku has recently partnered Vivo Energy to carry her chop shop brand around Shell outlets in Ghana. Sewa is a member of the Holy Hill Chapel and serves in the events department of the church. She's happily married to Honorable Daniel Duku, our March resource person for SBS. And together, they've been blessed with a son, Daniel. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the podium, Mrs. Sewa Jemfi Duku. Lord and our Master Jesus, we want to thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to inspire. Holy Spirit, we ask you to take absolute control. We ask you that you give us the precision of thought, precision of speech, that by the end of this seminar, destinies shall be established in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. First of all, I'd like to thank our father of the house, Bishop, for this August opportunity. I'd like to thank our mama of the house for all the love, the support, and the nurturing throughout the years. And also the entire 
pastors, the presbytery, the SBS team for putting together this amazing concept to motivate and to inspire. Can I be honest? From the minute I was told I was going to be on this stage, I mean, every time I see Papa on this stage, you know, speaking with such flair, and I tend to think that it is easy. But from the minute they told me that I was going to be here, Papa, for the past one week, the anxiety and the pressure that I've had to endure, I have lost 20 pounds in a week. But his grace is sufficient. So I know that he that begins an awesome work is faithful and just to bring it to a conclusion in Jesus' name. Okay, so um, there's a story that I'd like to tell the house. Okay, Um, it's actually a a real story. My son, I have a nine-year-old son, a very smart child, but his attention span is really small. When you put him behind um, a book to study, he will get up every five minutes, very jittery. But one night, he sat behind his computer for about an hour. Okay, an hour must be, it must be like 40 minutes. And I was surprised because that was so unlike him. And I asked him, Daniel, what are you doing? Surprisingly, he told me that he was drawing a picture of God. He was sketching God. And I'm like, ah, Daniel, nobody knows what God looks like. We all, we've seen pictures of Jesus. So why are you drawing God? It's like, mommy, by the time I finish, you will know what God looks like. I was like, hey, this, this spoke to my spirits. And I knew from the, that moment onwards that this is the faith that I needed. The faith that um, I'm not able to see my beginning and my end, but I just go through and I know that my end shall be glorious. I know that in the end, it shall come out well. So this has been my story. And this is the story of the woman that stands before you. My name is Sewa Jemfiduku. I belong to a family of five, myself, my father, and three other siblings. Now, growing up, my father was in London, so I was raised by my mother single, single-handedly. My mother was such a hard-working woman. My mother used to be a receptionist for an automobile business, a company, but she also had um, a shop at home like many of us growing up. So every time that I came back to, from school, I would have to run the shop. So from the get-go, I was hired as a shop attendant at a very early stage. You know, I didn't sign up for it, but automatically, because my mother had a shop, every, every day after school, I had a duty of taking care of the shop. And every day when she came back from work, she would call me, um, Abi, and then I'll tell then... I had to be accountable to her. She would query me. She would punish me if I didn't calculate well and all that. So from the, from the word get-go, when I was young, accountability and discipline has always been part of me. I didn't see that growing up. Growing up, it felt like, ah, mommy, we crowd hardering, you know, in toast, no, me, no, me, and all that. But at the end of the day, I felt, I, I, I knew that 
she had given me that discipline and that accountability. And that stayed with me throughout my years in school. I attended the University of Ghana, Legon. I read sociology and English. At that time, some of the courses, I didn't like it. But because discipline and accountability was part of me, I was disciplined enough to sit through and make sure that I was also accountable enough to take my exam and to pass my exam. So um, that's, that's, that's been my story till I went to Scotland to read Corporate Social Responsibility and Energy. That was at a time when Ghana had discovered oil. And so I felt like, oh, if I go and take my master's in oil and gas, when I come back to Ghana, dear, I'll be able to land myself a juicy opportunity in one of these multinationals. Charlie, I'm going to be a billionaire. So that was the whole intention of going to take that course in Scotland. It was actually a scholarship that got me to take that course. I went to Scotland. I took that course. Some of my mates remained in Scotland to seek greener pastures. Some went to London to seek job opportunities and all that. But I knew that, no, the minute I stepped foot in, back into Ghana, I was going to work with tallow oil. I came back, started putting in my applications. Hey, applications upon applications. Sometimes they'll call you. Sometimes they wouldn't call you. I said, ah, ah, well, let me just continue. So from there, I got an op the opportunity of working in the bank. Now the dreams of running or starting a whole career, the reason for which I had gone to Scotland, I had to put it on hold and, you know, resort to sales and marketing in the bank. I enjoyed it such that I even got promoted to be the head of sales and marketing for my branch. My life as a marketer was stressful. Every now and then, I'll be given target upon target upon target. Sometimes you meet your target, you know, and they'll, they'll probably send you a mail, you know, saying all those nice things. Sometimes you won't. They'll send you a mail bashing you. Every day when I wake up, all I ever think about is how to meet my target. At a point, I got tired. I asked myself, is this, is this my life? Is this what I really want to settle for? That I wake up in the morning, and of all the pressures in this world, it is somebody's money that I, I have to go for that I'm thinking about. Now, only I can offer my own way. You have no control over that. So I got a bit uncomfortable. Out of that discomfort, I decided to run a business. I didn't know exactly what business I wanted to get into. So I spoke to a few people here and there, and they suggested that, oh, I get into hardware, as in building accessories, nails, hammer, door locks, hinges. I'm like, hey, this is, ah, well, my mother taught me to be disciplined and accountable. I may not like it, but I'll be disciplined enough to take it. Then I went into the business. Most Saturday mornings, I'd have to go to Cantamanto. Early in the mornings, to go and then get nails, headpans, shovels, you know, all, all the building accessories, some of the building accessories, and then stock them up in a shop that I got. 
So after work each day, after my marketing, I'll come back and then run the business. So when I got back, you know, the sales boy was there. So as usual, I'll go through his sales. Sometimes they'll be stealing. And, you know, when it came to um, hardware, inventory was very, very difficult. It was so tough to keep an eye on inventory. Along the line, I got frustrated. Then I spoke to my husband. And my husband suggested that um, I look at food or get into the food business. Please give a round of applause to my husband. I want to recognize my husband for being the wind beneath my wings. This man... (laughs) This man would motivate me, would inspire me, would do everything possible to make sure that I excel. I want to thank him at this point. God really gave me a life partner and God gave me a helper. I'm grateful to you. Okay, so that's basically about it. I forgot to mention that this presentation was going to be in three folds. I was going to tell you about myself, which I've done. Then we get into the core task of the day, which is running a food business. Then I tell you about my lessons and my challenges before we open the floor for questions and answers. Uh, Is there anyone here that wants to run a food business or wants to get into the restaurant business? Show by hand. Oh, wow. No, actually, get up. Please, if you want to run a food business, get up. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, please have a seat. I want you to perform one task for me. I want you to take a pen and a paper right now and write down your goals and aspirations. Or give me five major reasons why you want to get into the food business. Please, if you're serious about it, I need you to take it seriously. I need you to write down five major reasons why you think that you you want to get into the food business. And I'm around after service or anytime you're ready. Just be comfortable enough to reach out to me and I'll be glad to mentor you. Because what is knowledge without sharing? I mean, when I started Chop Shop, I wish... I had a mentor or someone I could look up to. I wish um, somebody could just give me the blueprint of running the business so that a lot of the mistakes I made and a lot of, a lot of the investments I lost, I wouldn't have lost it. So we must appreciate SBS for this initiative. Give it, give it up for the team. So you want to run a food business. First of all, you want to think about the name. Everybody asks me, why Chop Shop? Why Chop Shop? So when we started, this was something I had to discuss with my husband as usual. He suggested cherry wood. And I said, no, babe. I just feel like if I get, if I just get a shop where people come and chop, it will be a chop shop. I was like, oh, no, that is not. I said, no, 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 no. Names actually do not mean anything. It is the passion behind the name to build a brand 
that makes it work. So for once, babe, I'd like to settle with Chop Shop. So Chop Shop won over Cherry Wood this time. And this is where we are. Chop Shop. So if you want to start a food business, first of all, you need to understand that it is hospitality. You are in the business of pleasing people. Okay, the word restaurant actually originated from a French word, restaurer. Everybody say it, restaurer. <laughs> and restaurer in English means to restore. Okay, so when you're restoring, in effect, you're bringing back, you know, to where you used to be or you're fixing. So for our purposes or for the food business, you're fixing a hunger problem. Okay, so you are restoring people. And it is often said that the food business evokes a lot of emotions. So when somebody eats your food and it's good, they're excited, isn't it? When somebody eats your food and it's bad, they're angry. When somebody is hungry, a hungry man is what? When somebody is also angry and they eat your food or they are waiting for the food and it is delaying, what happens? They are angry. So the restaurant business, from the word get-go, it's just full of emotions. Okay, you should understand that one. So in your daily dealings, if you want to really run a food business, know that you are going to be dealing with the emotions of people. First of all, if you're interested in running a food business, for everybody that's interested in running a food business, you need to tell us which area within the food business that you want to identify with. Okay? And which concepts that you want to run. If you want to run a food business, are you looking to run um, a fast food business? Are you looking to run a fast casual business? Are you looking to run a casual food business or a fine dining business? So identifying which concepts you want to run is important because the concept of your restaurant is the soul of your restaurant and it determines the experience that you give. Okay, the kind of food business that you want to run, whether it is a catering business, whether it is a food van, whether it is a fast food, determines the major decisions that you have to take going forward. It determines the kind of menu that you run. It determines who your target market will be. It even determines where your location is going to be. Okay, so put these three key um, decisions that you have to make will all depend on the concepts that you want to run. So, for example, if you want to run a fast food place, how would that impact your decision as to the location of your restaurant? If you want to run a fast food place, it means that your location is very, very important. You have to be in the primest of location. So, of all the worries that you have, where your restaurant will be is very important for you when it comes to running a fast food business. Because fast food is only, is only good when it's able to capture people who are busy and are hungry and want a quick fix. So you shouldn't be difficult to find. So if you want to run a fast food, your location is extremely important. You cannot run a fast food and be in a corner. You'll just be, be, be going by. You wouldn't make any, any strides in business. So for a fast food, your location is very important. So if you also want to run a fast food, then the kind of menu that you put out is also very important. Your menu should be very simple. People, menu items that people can 
easily pick up things that can be recipes that can be done in a span of five minutes. People don't have time. But if you also want to run a casual dining, am I, am I making sense? If you want to run a casual dining experience, location isn't as important as a fast food place. If it is a casual dining, it means that your menu option is unique. Okay, what you do or the recipe you have is a bit unique. And it is not as simple and straightforward as a fast food business world. And so people would look for you. That makes a casual diner a destination-worthy business. Destination-worthy means that because of the uniqueness of your recipe or what you have, people will come from far and near to look for you. People will even look for you in the rain. So note these differences when you are deciding on the concept of your restaurant. It is very, very important as deciding to run the restaurant itself. So for the case study for Chop Shop, we started off as um, a casual dining place. We, the menu that we have is quite unique. Our specialty, which everybody loves, is the green okra, which people know that, okay, it is um, a recipe of Chop Shop. And so you'll be amazed the people that will come far and near looking for that particular recipe. And so Chop Shop becomes destination worthy. Wherever it is, people will come. So in as much as being so much in the outskirts is not good for business, location isn't so much of a problem for Chop Shop. But in any, any case, prime location is always important for every business. Okay, the other factor, the other issue that you'd also have to pay attention to if you want to run a food business is the fact that you need to, you need to build a solid team. Not only within the food business. The, the core meaning of entrepreneurship is building organization around a vision. Everybody has a vision or everybody has an idea. Who, who doesn't have an idea here? Everybody has an idea or everybody's clear in their mind as to what they want to do, okay? But your ability to build organization and drive the vision is what makes you an entrepreneur. And the food business is not any different. Once you want to run a food business, you need to know that team building is very, very important. It is never, ever a one-man show. In fact, if anybody tells you that there's this guy here, when you employ, you don't have to do anything. Run away from that guy. If anybody tells you that, oh, where they are over to me, I yeah, any business that runs around a single person, whether it is somebody you have employed or yourself, is not a business. You should have a business, and you know, I mean, at the beginning, you may not be able to have the flexibility of time, but going forward. Once you're able to put your structures together, you should be able to separate yourself from the business and see it working. It is very, very important. And the food business is not any different. Okay. So if anybody tells you that, oh, this person there, if you get him, order or better, forget about it. What if that person goes? Or what if that person is sick? Or if you are the one running the whole show all the time, what if you fall sick? Your business will be going down the drain.
So for the food business, there are two types of teams that you should think of building. We have the front of house team and the back of house team. So the front of house team includes your waiters and everybody manning the restaurant, okay? And the front of house team reports to the manager. The back of house team is everybody in the, in, uh, behind the scenes working. The back of house also reports to the chef. So the sync between the front of house and the back of house is very, very important. And the motivation and the communication that you have with your chef and the manager makes, it, makes your life as a food business owner very easy. If you are a human being that has the natural inclination of um, nurturing others or bringing people together, then I'll be 100% satisfied to tell you that you are supposed to run a food business because the workers in the food business run like a family. Okay, Once they see themselves as a family, the business runs automatically and runs very well. So if you have that natural inclination of bringing people together, you know, seeing, nurturing people, then naturally you are marked to be a food business owner. However, if you're also that one person that incites or instigates people against each other, please don't think of getting into the business because it is a business of what? Emotions. The people you work with your staff, the customers, everybody is emotional. So if that is a trait that you have, you might as well just decide against it. So when it comes to recruitment, what has helped me sometimes is that I have recruited about, um, I, I, sometimes I recruit a few good people and I ask them, oh, do you have friends that would want to work in the restaurant? Then they'll say, oh, yes. Then they'll suggest some of their friends. You know, so when they come, it's like I said, if it feels like a family, they are happy coming to work. Am I making sense? If it feels like a family, they are happy coming to work. So that is one of the techniques that has helped me. But however, when I employ those friends, I make sure that I give them job descriptions. It is very, very important. And the secondary purpose of a job description is to give the basis for termination in case those that you employ do not want to follow the standards that you have set. And in the food business, it is very, very important that you give jobs, job descriptions. Okay, so after you have set up your team to, to run the food business, one key thing that you should do is to develop your recipe or to build your recipe. It is extremely important. And it is the hardest thing to do. It is the hardest thing to do. Being consistent with your recipe and making sure that the jollof tastes the same every day is one of the hardest things to do. So when you set out at the beginning, it is very important that you lay out your recipes and you document your recipes. Okay, it is difficult, but it is also doable. You do it to the point where you know that, okay, five kilograms of rice and um, three grams of, say, tomato paste, one gram of, say, blended onions will give me the chop shop jollof. Is that okay? It is hard work. It is, it is hard work that is supposed to be done by you and your team. 
okay, the chef that you have. And when I say team, don't think too much, don't think too far. It is probably you and the person that you want to do the business with. The, the two of you can be a team. So the recipe that you create is very important because that sets the tone for the business, okay? You, you, you develop the recipe, you document it, and make sure that it is consistent over a period of time. And then you make sure that you follow the recipe at all times. This is very, very important because once you have a growth mindset with faith, you know that, okay, the business is going to grow. You realize that a lot of students come from culinary schools. They come into your kitchen, and they want to reinvent the wheel. They want to show you that, you know, and that creates a lot of imbalance in the kitchen. So it is very important that you stay with your recipe. I remember when Chop Shop started. We went through all the difficulties, the challenges, and we're able to finally settle on our recipe. And then along the line, I was, somebody told me about this chef that was exceptionally good. So I said, okay, let me try this chef. And when this chef came, he was a master chef from one of the hotels. He came. Oh, the guy, the guy knows how to cook. I will not lie. The guy wowed me with his recipes. If you see chicken wings, hey! If you see tilapia, say, mm, okay. So the guy came in with all of these amazing recipes. So he started doing it. I left him. He did his thing. Customers were happy. Hey, they liked it. After a couple of months, boom, he decided to leave us. Then we went back to running our old recipe. Come and see complaints. Hey, not like it was bad, but just changing taste caused a lot of complaints. So there are a thousand ways of, you know, cooking. Everybody has their, there are a thousand recipes for making jollof. Just find yours and be disciplined enough to stay with it. If you look at papaya, papaya has stayed with, with its recipe. There are a lot of restaurants that do better fried rice than papaya. But papaya has stayed with its recipe. So the morale is that consist, how consistent you are is the most important thing. You know, develop your recipe and by all means be consistent with it. The other important issue I would also want to talk about is the fact that you need to run on a software. Okay? The business needs to run on a software. One of the investments, one of the key investments that you have to make is um, acquiring a workable software for your restaurant or a restaurant software. I can overemphasize that point and how important it is. The, the software that you get for your restaurant is very, very, very important because it is the single factor that will save your business, okay? It is the software that will take the inventory in. When we say inventory, we are talking about the, raw the cost of the raw materials that you haven't sold. And, you know, the, oh, 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 your rice, your chicken, your oil, your beef, that is your inventory. And for a food business, that is your capital. You know, banks have money as their capital. Food business owner, your capital is rice and chicken. And you have to guard it 
with your heart. Are we following? You have to guard it with your heart. So you just don't give your precious capital to the kitchen. Just like that. They'll be smiling all the way to the bank. So what you do is that you input your inventory into the software. And as the business goes on, or as the sale goes on, the software automatically marks down. Okay, I'll take that again. So you input your capital or your inventory, which is your rice, your oil, let's say your rice, your beef, your chicken. You input everything into the software, okay? You, you, you portion it and put it into the software. So if I give you, let's say, five grams, if I give the business, business owner, if I give the business five, five kg, five kilograms of rice, I know that I've given them 20 portions. So when I get into the software, I enter, let's say, supply for the day, 20 portions of rice, 10 portions of chicken, before I give it to the, to the kitchen. The kitchen. Is that okay? Or before I hand it over to the chef. So as the sale goes on every day, the system did that. So if a customer comes in, I want jollof and chicken. Then you enter. Pa, 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 pa. The waiter enters a jollof and chicken. There's a printer connected to the, that software in my kitchen. So for a restaurant business owner, know that orders are not taken verbally from the kitchen. Orders go through the software. So it is very important to invest in a good restaurant software. That is going to save your life. And that is going to save your investment. Okay. So if I input the inventory into my software, I know that today I gave my, my business 20 portions of rice and 20 portions of chicken. Okay. The system tells me that today they have sold 10 portions of rice and 10 portions of chicken. So when I get into my fridge, what should I find? I should find 10 portions of chicken and 10 portions of rice. So if I go into my fridge and I find 8 portions of chicken, it means that how many has installed? Aha. Uh-huh. If I go into my fridge and I see that, okay, the 20 portions of rice that I gave them, the system says they've sold 10. But however, in the fridge, I find 5. It means that how many has been stolen? That is how you run as a business. So... Under the leadership of Bishop, food business owner, you have to make sure that you are structured. Okay? It is difficult, but it's doable. So, investing in a good software when it comes to running a business, as you can see, is very important. So, what happens? So, if I go into my restaurant software and I find out that, okay, the supply that I inventory I give my people, I see shortage. What do I do? At the end of the month, I deduct the worker's salary. As the branch or the restaurant, everybody's salary gets deducted. So guess what that does? It keeps everybody on your toes. So that is a check that you cannot ignore. And that's the only way you ensure that the chicken that you have invested in does not end up in in uh, the worker's bag, in the worker's freezer, okay? And that is the only way you can uh, uh, prevent pilfering. That's the only way you can grow. So when people ask you, hey, you, this business, now we need to make up a beer. Hey, and now what, what, what be a branch? What be a branch? You know the system you have. 
But of course, it is a human system. It cannot be 100% perfect, but at least it seals the loopholes a bit, you know. So it is extremely important that you invest in a good restaurant software that prevents pilfering. When I, I started Chop Shop, again, with my mother's discipline and accountability, I set out to learn. Sometimes I'll go to Lebanese businesses, make friends with the business owners and ask them, what is it that you're doing? Show me how you're doing it. You know, it's, I got really curious because I'm the type of a human being that naturally isn't satisfied with one. I, I want to know how or what I can do to grow. Okay, because the Bible says in Proverbs 24 that by knowledge or by wisdom, you establish a house. By knowledge, you would you cause it to flourish. And by understanding, you fill it with treasures. Okay, so I, the minute I set out to run the food business, I want to understand that thing that will cause the, the business to flourish or to become a household brand. And so this is what I have learned. So I've had to learn, I have I had to relearn, I've had to unlearn. So this is what I have learned as you know, a food business owner. And I'm glad that today I'm here to share my, my story with you. I hope that you are motivated and we are learning. Okay, so along the line, I've had several challenges. The number one challenge for me was the fact that I think um, two years into the business, I rushed in opening a second branch. I hadn't learned. So I think the area, the location where I put that branch was Northridge. It was right opposite the German embassy. That location called for a cafe or a coffee shop. But I went to put a casual diner there, selling banku and okru, selling <laughs> jollof and chicken. You know, I, I hadn't taken my time to learn. So I had to pay the, the, the cost of, of my ignorance. A year after running the business, it went down and I had to shut, shut that business down. So in everything, it is key that you learn the tricks of the trade like I've, I have told you to, to, to do. And nowadays, you can, you can attest to the fact that every day there's a food business open in every corner. Like people open food businesses here and there, and the challenge is getting overwhelming. There's so much challenge when it comes to running the food business. The little things that you have to do every day to make sure that you're on top of your game, make sure that you stay relevant, make sure that you have that edge over your competitors, it's also really challenging. So every day you need to be looking at your food packaging, you need to be looking at the experience that you're giving people, you need to be looking at your prizes and running promotions here and there. So those, has been, um, those issues have been one of the major challenges that I've had to overcome. Another issue I would also want to talk about is the fact that when I started, I overspent. You know, every, I started really small, but every little money that I got, I went buying something. I think I was a bit overambitious. So once you start running a food business, please cut the edge to overspend. Know what it is that moves for you before you spend 
your money, okay? I remember I had to, I had to buy like a, a whole room pack of pizza boxes. Meanwhile, I never, I never even, you know, sold pizza. I had a dream that, oh, one day I'll sell pizza, one day I'll sell pizza. So when you invest your capital into stock, of course, bulk buying is very good, but be, be controlled in your spending so that you don't spend too much when it comes to the business. Again, when you start, when you start um, running a food business and you start hiring, be sure that you're giving them a job description. It is very, very, very important. I stated that the job description, however simple it is, you know, has a secondary purpose for terminating um, a worker who's not, who's not willing to follow procedure or follow standards. Know that the, the food business is all about discipline and it's all about following standards and setting standards. The standard that you set will be difficult to change along the line. So... Be, be quick to fire. If someone is not following standards, be quick to fire and be slow to hire. Amen. Amen. There's also a misconception that um, once your jollof is good, you're, you, you'd have good business. Or once your food is so good, you have business. No. Even if your food is good and you don't have all of these business skills or the drive, the passion, if you don't have a good software, your food may be good, people may be buying, but you won't necessarily have a successful business. So once you set up to establish a food business, make sure that you, you have all of, all of these factors that I've spoken about before you proceed. Okay. So... Um, for those that said they wanted to run food businesses, did anybody write the five, the five reasons down? Yes, please give her the mic. I want to, I want to listen to your reasons. Please, uh, the, the five steps, the five reasons being the one as a hobby, two, as a source of income, three, as a heritage for my words, four, to add up to my jobs, five, to fulfill or have a fulfilled life. Thank you. Okay. You want it to be a heritage. You want to build something that would last so that your children and your children's children would continue. Please clap for her. So I've brought my seminar, my talk, to an end. We have about 20 minutes to take questions from everyone. But before we take the questions, um, like the audio said, there's going to be um, the Food Business Academy. It's, it's an initiative I'm coming up with because every time young people ask me, oh, Madam Sewa, please, how do you do this? How do you do that? So I'm around for anybody that wants to you know, ask me questions I'm, I'm willing to share, I'm willing to mentor. If you have a difficulty anywhere within, within your idea to start the food business, just approach me and I'll be able to mentor you. Thank you very much. Okay, so we are opening the floor for questions. All right, okay. thank you very much. Um, there's a question coming from online. That how do I do to stand out 
if I have a competitor doing the same thing as I am doing and then doing okay. it in the same location as well how do you drive traffic to yourself okay so you, you would all attest to the fact that um, the menu is, is the same in Ghana everybody's cooking jollof everybody's cooking fried rice everybody's so long as it's a casual dining or it's a fast food place, the menu is the same. So, like I was telling you, the, the little things that you have to do every day to make sure that you stay ahead of competition is very important. The training that you give your workers, the service that they give the customer is very important. There's nothing sells more than word of mouth. The packaging, the experience that you give your customer, whether it is in food delivery or dine-in, the packaging the customer service that you give to, to your customers is very important, and that will put you ahead of the competition. Even if it is a food delivery business that you're running, the customer cannot see your face. Or maybe the little notes that you write, thank you for patronizing Chop Shop, or something. Those little, little things. The packaging of the food, you know, the, the experience that you give them once in a while, pay customer details, call them, Notes their bad days. Everything that a big businesses do, like what MTN does. When it's your bad day, they'll probably send you a message. You know, surprise them here and there. When you deliver food to them, maybe you give them a samosa or a spring roll on the side. You know, little, little things like that will keep you ahead of competition. Does that answer the question? All right. Um, thank you very much for this opportunity. My name is Jerome. Um, I'm a professional bartender. I've worked at Scar by 25 Filajo, and I've also worked at Coco Vanilla, Adriana branch. Okay. But there's something I don't understand about the managers, like owners of the businesses. Like Coco Vanilla, Adriana branch is owned by a lady, okay? But she's very, very straight. Mm -hmm. This lady is so smart to the extent that whatever mistake you make, any small mistake you make, you probably think she don't see, but she sees everything. Mm -hmm. And she's very fast in sacking people. So what? what said, be, be fast to fire. It's very okay. important. Yeah, so what I don't understand is, you see, at Coco Vanilla, we have these kind of celebrities that come around, and they have special cocktails that they, they demand. Like people like Efia Odo, they have this kind of cocktails they like. So, um, you see, if you tend to make a mistake, if she tells you that she wants something like an alcoholic cocktail, and she has a percentage which she wants, and you go above that, once the manager knows Efia Odo, he sits with her, and she tells him that the cocktail that she has ordered, the, the quantity of the alcohol is above that. He's coming to you to sack you immediately. He's not asking you any questions. So I don't understand. Why is it that the managers and owners are always like that? It's a business that evokes emotions. The customer is always right. The, the business owner is keeping an eye on bottom line, on profits. He doesn't want to lose that customer. So the responsibility is on you to pay attention and be detailed enough and to listen. So once you have caused a reaction, please don't question the way she responds to your reaction. Okay, but um, I can understand that maybe an immediate firing is a bit harsh, but um, business, business owners keep an eye on the bottom line. They don't want to lose a customer. And so they expect or demand that you pay attention to detail, do it exactly as the customer wants. I don't know which other reason to give, but that's, that's just why business owners or restaurant owners are strict. Any other question? 
Thank you very much. Um, someone says that you did not state the financing of the whole business, but then I have a business idea. How do I start it? How to start is the problem, and even the people to speak to is an issue. I would like to ask, how can I get financing, and how are the people, I mean, who are the people to speak with? What kind of business does he want to start? Food. Food, okay. Um, I did not talk about financing. There are several things that I did not talk about, because I have only 40 minutes. So I cannot cramp the whole information within... Within that period, there are several things that I did not talk about. Financing is everybody's headache. So if you know that you have um, the idea of starting a restaurant, please start where you are with what you have. If you don't have money for a location, start, everything is online these days. The power of the internet is amazing. You could, if you believe that you have what it takes... Pictures tell a story and pictures sell you. You know, everybody wants free food. You could give a celebrity free food. They will take it and they'll promote you. You know, the little that you have is what you start with. Okay? The natural progression of life is that you move from one to two to three. I didn't start Chop Shop. If I showed pictures of how I started Chop Shop, nobody would believe it. But it was a couch from my hall that I took. It was a blender from my kitchen. I didn't start running an industrial kitchen from the get-go. Everything was very basic and very simple. But if you have money to spend, if you have money to start a business, please sleep. Just invest it and sleep. But if you're looking to build something, or if you're looking to make some profit and take it a day at a time, then invest the little that you have. But if you have all that money, then please invest it and sleep. The, the whole point is that it is always good to start from somewhere. Good evening. Please thank you very much for this opportunity. And Bishop, thank you. Um, so I want, to, I want to ask if you can share the software you're talking about because I've had the opportunity to work with... Um, some restaurants, and I realized that they, in keeping their inventory was a, a bit challenge. challenging. Yes. And so they had a lot of shortages. And I mean, um, I'm I'm not here to put someone's software down, and you know promote another person's software. Okay. I'm not here to mention names, and I wouldn't want to do that. But um, there are softwares. There are good restaurants. I've had to change softwares like two times. This is the third software I'm using, and so far, this is the most, the most workable one. So you can see me after, if you intend to get a software, okay. I'll, I'll be here to guide you through. All right. Thank you very much. So I think um, my wife has done a great job, and we need to clap her. But I mean, um, I think one thing I wanted to add is that um, when it comes to financing, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways of looking for finance. One, you can do it from your own resources. That is money that you have saved, whether it's a thousand cities, two cities. You can borrow from family. You can borrow from a bank. You can borrow from associates. There are so many ways of looking for finance. It depends on what way you think you can do it. That's point number one. Another thing that I think my madam and my wife wanted to emphasize 
that it is key that in all these businesses, you have some level of a business plan. You need to be able to plan your business, have a goal, have an objective, have a vision. What is this business going to look at? Do I have a goal for it? What are the strategies? It is the business plan that consists of your objectives, your goals, management key, the products, the services, the finances. Is this business going to be even viable? You can do your numbers and see that if you do it, you're going to fail. So you'll have to look at a small business plan and see how viable is this project. Even in building this church, I know Bishop would have gone into it and said, listen, we need $200,000. How are we going to make this project viable? Is this going to be financially feasible? So it's important to do a plan about this then and make sure that you take it to the next step. So it takes a lot of planning to do this stuff. You can do it on a smaller scale, on a bigger scale, but the most important thing is what she said, that you need to take that chance. So taking a chance is quite important. I know I, um, Bishop is going to laugh at this though, but no matter what it is, pro bono works. There's a lot of people here that want to start businesses. So saying that, listen, Madam Sewa, I want to come and start as a cook and learn from how your experiences have been. It's a key thing. I want to start like a waiter, a waitress, a manager without pay. So it's quite important. We don't see that thing in Ghana. But making sure that you donate your time and effort to help a cause will help you achieve what it is that you want to do. So it's important that we keep that in mind. I figured I'll come and back, back her up on the question, so let it flow. Okay. So thank you for the opportunity. Now my... Okay, my question is, you know, not necessarily a food business, but anyone starting a little business. I know everyone starting up something. Your first fan base is your friends. And I know you have friends. So generally, I want you to enlighten us more about how you manage a starting business with your friends. Like, how does it work? Because some friends don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of the time, your friends don't support till it's popular. I've had that experience with Chop Shop. But, well, I, but, but that's a very key point, though. I think a lot of friends don't pay, but it's important, just on the question you asked, that if you feel like your friends are not going to pay, then it's important that you have a legal agreement as to how you start this business. You can do a sole proprietorship, you can do a partnership, you can do a strategic alliance, you can do a joint venture. There are so many ways. But Ghanaians like doing businesses without legal representation. So in moving forward, if you think you want to do something with a friend, it doesn't matter who it is. My wife and I have a couple of legal agreements that we have because the marriage is an entity itself, and the business runs by itself. So it's important that you have, you have a lawyer that gives you insights as to how you're supposed to do it. It's not supposed, I mean, for, for even churches. I know the bishop is totally isolated from the finances of the company because there's a finance committee. 
and there's also a legal advisor to the church. So it's important that whatever you think, if you think it's not going to be viable, have a small lawyer draft something that you guys agree with and just sign. There's nothing wrong with that. So it's very important. I think we want to wrap up and just thank Bishop. You know, but um, before my wife just... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, um, two last questions. Okay, sure thing. The first one is um, with competition. Competition. Um, because of the competitive nature of the food businesses, do you, do you, do you have a niche? Is that because some uh, current restaurants charges a dish at your place for like 1,500 it is. And it looks like they, are, they look for a specific people. So when you're starting, the, do, you, do you have to start up with niche, like niching the, 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 the type of people like you want the, them to recognize? the target market. Yeah, that's the that first is, one. Okay. And the second one is, is it also right to put the face of the owner or the founder behind the business flyer? Like you. Then chop chop your face is there on the package, you know. Smiling and on the back of the I think the stuff to do with competition, it depends on what sort of niche you create. I mean it varies from restaurant to re restaurant. But it all depends on what your competitive edges and what your strategy is. If you want to do a business where a restaurant depends on the types that we decided, that you want to choose that particular one. But then your niche is going to be between ages 15 to 20. It's all Ghanaians, we usually we get up and start businesses. But in the US places, there's market study as to what I want to do, what the market study, the results is going to be like, hey, if I locate in Kumasi at this point, this is what the people are looking for. This is the niche I need to create. It's all part of the business plan and the business strategy. And also, as Madame said, the competitive edge that you create for yourself in the business that you're creating. So competition is going to be there, but there should be that level of the edge, the competitive, what sort of competitive edge do I have over my clients and how I do it. You can decide to do a one-on-one -on -one business without no strategy and without any research into marketing and marketing strategies, and it becomes a failure. That is what happens in Ghana. We just start businesses and we just run it without actually going through the merits of how it's going to succeed. But then, for businesses where you think the competition is an edge, I think the strategy is what do you want to do from the beginning, the plan showing how viable that is going to be in your business plan and how successful it's going to be over time. I think those are key important things when you're looking at that. If you do that, then you stand out in terms of Louis Vuitton saying that, listen, I'm going to do a simple shoe, but it's going to be $1,500, the marketing the strategy, the advertising, the branding, all those things are key. And you should also note that 80% of food businesses that fail do not fail because of competition. They fail because of management, mismanagement. They fail because they don't go through everything that I, I spoke about. Okay. So your food could be good. Your target market will depend on um, what your concept is, okay, if you want to run a fast food or if you want to run like a healthy, a healthy casual diner. So those variations will determine who your target is, okay? And you are supposed to cost, 
or you're supposed to cost um, the, the menu and see that, okay, if I sell jollof and chicken for 30 cities, I'll make a profit of 10 cities, which is viable. It's not as much as, it's not a, as much a question of um, what others are charging, but it, it is as, as much a question of what your costing is. Okay, your costing per plate. Okay, you have worked the math and you have identified that, okay, when I sell jollof and chicken, when I cook jollof and chicken, it costs me 10 CDs. I'll sell it for 20 CDs. Okay. So basically just, go ahead. I mean, the second question. What was the second question? Is it advisable you put the face of the owner on the packaging, when it, I mean, the whole package? I, I think um, it depends on what sort of advertising strategy you're using. There's, there's all kinds of advertising strategies that are used. You could do subliminal advertising where you are behind the scenes. For KFC, Colonel Sanders' picture is on there, and it sends a specific message. So it depends on what drives the business. Having a dream and knowing what that dream is about and going for it. There was, um, I think, just in about a minute, because I think we don't have any minutes. So there, was, there was a story of um, a lady who always have a dream at night with her husband. The first dream the lady had was the husband had bought her a gold chain. So the next day he was, my husband, I had a dream and he bought me a gold chain. The husband said, wait till Valentine's Day. It's going to come. The next day, there was another dream. I had a dream and you had bought me a nice Mercedes Benz. The husband said, wait till Valentine's Day. You're going to get it. The next day, she had another dream. And it was diamond rings, diamond rings all over. My husband, I had a dream. You had all diamond rings all for me. Wait till Valentine's Day. Then Valentine's Day came. So when he came, the husband had wrapped something really nice. The wife was like, oh my God, today is a great day. She opened the, the gift, and it was a book. Guess what the title of the book was? How to Interpret Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have a dream. And have a lot of dreams. If you don't know how to interpret it, you might go astray. Thank you so much. Thank you. Clap your hands for the Duku family. My God, elegance. Clap, 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 clap. Now. Abi's presentation today is very, very powerful because I don't even know when it started a restaurant. The thing just started blowing. The only problem is that I've never eaten some of the food. So, um, we'll have a dream about that. And I don't also know where the shops are, but before I saw Kuka knows the place. Once Kuka knows there, everything is fine. Clap your hands for Madam Abigail. I'm not going to talk. I just want to share with you only two scriptures in relation to what he said. Now, I used to know her as somebody working in the bank. So, I don't know when, but you see, she told us he went to study oil and what? Gas. But now, she's not doing oil and gas. She's doing shop shop. The reason being that 
God's vision for her has superseded her ambition. And that is where success is. But many people don't know. Clap your hands for the Lord. Sit down for 10 minutes. Now, Proverbs 14, 12. I'm explaining her, her message. He said, there is a way hmm, that seems what? Right unto a man, but the end thereof are ways of death. I was aware that she has traveled. When she came, she was working in the bank. Some afternoon, she will visit me in her bank car. Somebody will be driving. But her pocket wasn't good as like today. God, as he said, as she was working for people, the pressure... Now you see many Africans, I'm looking for a job, I'm looking for a job, I'm looking for a job. If God did not help her, so I don't even know how she came into this God's vision, I call it God's vision. But the frustrations, so sometimes when things become difficult, it's actually God driving you in a certain direction. Many of you were asking, how do I start business without whatever? And she told you, start from where you are. Use your country that you have. Use the whatever. Because what many of you are thinking, oh, maybe somebody gave us some big money. That is why many people never start. When we started this church, we didn't have office, nothing. So we just, we just started. So the first day, we borrowed a wooden puppet from a certain prophet called Agbe. Thank God he didn't come back for the puppet. So as I was preaching, my mind was that when I finished, the man is coming to carry his puppet. And another young guy brought a borrowed keyboard, Michael, and came to play. As for him, when we finished the service, no, the, the keyboard just disappeared. We didn't know that something big like this would happen. But we kept on. We kept on. You can ask Pastor Prince. When he came, now the, the hotel that we were using, it, it was sold to somebody. So they came to remove all the wires. Everything was gone. And so we were using generator at Northridge Hotel here. So if you want to see the future before you start, you'll never start. All you need is to catch that heavenly dream. So now she discovered that even though she has studied oil and gas, probably if she forced herself to go and work in oil and gas, she was falling into oil in a drum. God's plan for your life. God, as she's speaking, all that I'm thinking is God's plan, God's plan, God's plan. She talked banking with God, said, No, I want to make you an employer. And then she also said something very powerful. When she wanted to start the business, she was thinking, what do I do? What do I do? So, hardware. So, he has to wake up to go and get some hammer. This is what many people don't want to do. They just want to dress nice all the time. Get some hammer. Look at how beautiful this woman is. Going to look for hammer and chisel. And uh, nails. But that doesn't change your beauty. That doesn't what? Change your beauty. Then in doing that, the real vision now came. So don't wait until you have everything. Don't wait until you have everything. 
Start from where you are. Little by little. We say all you need to know is that there is a certain drive, something is driving you towards something. Share with a few people. So, the problem we have here is that many people follow their own plan instead of God's plan. So, the scripture says that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. So, we greatly need direction. Young people need direction. Because I'm so happy, as I'm telling you, I used to know when she would come to me in the afternoon, then the car would be parked somewhere here. After that, she will sit in the car and she will go. Now, she doesn't wake up anybody putting pressure on her anymore. He has about five shops scattered all over, which next week I'm going to go on tour and find out all the Lungu Lungu place where the Okuru and the whatever is located. So, everything may seem right and may appear satisfactory to the human eye, but the end will bring frustration, stagnation. You see? So, when you see that you are being frustrated, you are in the wrong place. You may be doing the wrong thing. And always remember that God's ways are better than our ways. Isaiah 55 verse 8. So always be checking. Even if you have gone to school and you have whatever degree. Be checking. Is that what God wants me to do? Oh God, maybe you are showing me something else. Maybe you are showing me. Like as she is talking right now, somebody must catch a vision. You see the way God's things are, you may not see it clear. He said to Abraham, leave your father's house. Where am I going? Just go. Just go. Because if God shows you everything, you will not have faith. But they just shall leave by faith. Just go, just go, just go. So she started. From Hammer to this, this day, now it has turned into a restaurant. Probably that is not the end. Something else is about to break forth out of the restaurant into something great. Put your hands together for the Lord. Don't be idle. Start from somewhere. So Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. May you find the way of the Lord. May you find the way of the Lord. So, tell your friend, you need to be divinely directed. That's all you need in life. You need to be divinely directed. When you are divinely directed, you will always make it in life. Misdirection can lead to many years of setback. It can even wipe away your destiny. Because God's plans are always 100% sure. Proverbs 19.21 Proverbs 19.21 now, I'm talking for 15 minutes. I'm left to 10 minutes. 9 minutes. Proverbs 19, 21. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. Now, for instance, like me, I wanted to do law. Which my little daughter is doing for me. So I tried, 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 tried. One day, I won an American lottery how i got to know that god is calling me listen i'm in the school i've won an american lottery and those is when you win the lottery they will come to your house to check they'll get your address and everything and then when you are not in the house the american embassy will come and i'm at a place called kumasi book room the man that filled the form for me said that i am a, a mason you know mason contractor people who built meanwhile i'm a student too so the man brought me head pan, Sophie. All the accoutrements you know, amazing people are using. So I packed all of them in my room and I went out. And the day I went out is the day the American Embassy people came. Now, something amazing. When they came, 
the headband is there the sufis i wonder why they didn't see that one they rather saw a letter that dr maurice Herrero has written to me and maurice Herrero is an evangelist a letter he has written to me many many years ago. i was a partner so every man gave his letter and so when the people saw it they took the letter away they, they didn't tell me so when i came home somebody told me that oh some people came here and said ah where are they from they said so i started asking all the people on the road so hey, maybe this is the, the american embassy people came here so on the d-day i took communion twice from witness chapel international and then i went to the embassy look at what the white man told me after they they, they did everything the white man said that you are not a mason you are a pastor i'm a student too so i have refused you so i was with somebody the person was crying i said no no babe don't don't cry the man has defined my ministry for me so next time i was there when they said i've won another lottery i said they should sell it they should sell it or loan it to somebody or they should they should go somewhere with their with their lottery and then you see so it's like a mistake but god's direction for my life was told me by a white american consular when i wanted to become a missing by force because of america i didn't go to america but now i can go to america any day any time any minute that i want because some of you you want to see everything clear sometimes through a mistake you see she says that the bank work was frustrating her because when she wakes up say target 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 and ghana man when they say this he should target you today the frustration has now become a vision may the lord show you where you belong you see you may think even though even like right now the story that i'm telling the way god direct people is very strange yo. right now the story. so tonight is a very solemn night don't say that you know the way she does her presentation as she's talking she moving around, but she's saying very dangerous things and then she spoke about consistency now what actually touched me was when she was talking about how you'll be able to maintain the taste of the food when I was a little boy, they said Diego in a certain place in Aswansi. I'm now 53 years old. The taste is still in my mouth. <laughs> Anytime I'm traveling, can you imagine sometimes I'm going to a place like Sunyani and I will tell the pastor, Charlie, let's pass that place. Every day I get there, the taste for the last 40 years. And that Diego woman hasn't gone to school. He doesn't know how to do this type of presentation. He doesn't dress nicely like Abby. She will sit down and brum, 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 brum. But the taste has never changed. In case I go with you to Kumasi, you see the next day morning you will find me in that place. 50 something years. That dear whose taste is forever the same. You see many people, they shift. They go here. They go here. They go here. And then she told her, to be able to establish a brand even though there are many jollofs but there is one how many of you have some special watch joint to be that you see this illiterate watching woman has captured you with all your degrees tell your friend be consistent 
Some of you have been coming to church. You come today. You don't come tomorrow. You come today. You know, when the angels are even look, looking for you, they can't find you. So, because of consistency, you're inconsistent. Your brand is not selling. When I was in Kumar, the guy told me, You, when you are preaching, we see soul winning and we see prosperity. I said, hey, You have helped me. You have defined my ministry. The place will be electrified. That's my brand. I'm not going to preach about whatever. Something. I don't preach like an American. One point, two point, three point, four point, five point. I pray for everybody here. The special brand that God has given you. In case you are confused. May the Lord show you who you are. What you are supposed to do. And what you can be consistent in. To become somebody great and somebody special. Clap your hands for the Lord. As for me, I've learned very powerful lessons this evening. Very powerful lessons. And so in conclusion, Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. I have two minutes more. These days I don't speak for long because an angel appeared to me and he told me I shouldn't be preaching for long. It's not only, it is true. So you see today, the way I close very early, if not because of Bible society, by whatever, whatever, whatever. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Go to God and find out what he wants you to do. Maybe you are, you are, going to, you are also going to open a restaurant. It will be called Shop Chop. And your own boutique will face one side and restaurant will face one side. When you finish shopping, you come to chop. It's a prophecy. Then ye shall call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me. When ye shall, ye shall search me with all your heart and I will be found of you, say yes, the Lord. So now that you are young, start searching for God's plan. That's all I want to tell you. Start searching for God's plan. Like me, all these things I'll be saying, drawing, whatever, administration, things. I, I like to read Bible. And read things that are whatever. I don't like too many, many, many. I, I, I know where my spirit drives me to. And I'm, I'm very successful at that. Today, when you go to sleep, because of today's presentation, if you see yourself selling kunkunte, don't say, ah, man of God, what is this? That is God's plan for your life. This lady has a lot of friends. Some of them are still in their bank. But now they can't even compare themselves to her. She has, she has gone far because she followed God. Because somebody that has studied oil and gas, see, but that is God's vision for your life. So, all those young guys moving around, eating, and don't tell rice from girls' houses. Stop wasting time. We are in 30 days, five days more to go. Change your prayer. Father, show me your vision for my life. Show me your vision for my life. Show me your vision for my life. Show me. There was this young guy here that came here, Okokobioko. He was doing this joking, 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 joking. Last week, I heard he had a show in National Theater. People went to pay money to watch him joking. And not knowing the, the next Sunday he came to church, he didn't let me see him. Because of the tithe that he has refused to pay. Before this month of September will be over. 
whatever God has ordained for you to do, I don't care wh what you have studied. May God show you the specific direction. May He give you, may He tell you, may He let you know what He has ordained you to do. Amen. Isaiah 48 17. Look at it and let's close. And until you find that direction, you will never make it. You so me and when my friends are describing, and I'm, I'm acting as if I'm, I'm not even hearing what they are saying. Yes, that's the yes, the Lord that redeemer, the holy one of Israel. I am the Lord that God who teached thee to profit and which leadeth thee by the way that thou should go. Lift your hand and say, Lord, lead me by the way I should go. Now, look at how the name also came. She was discussing with honorable. Honorable will say this and this. And then suddenly something came out. Sometimes people you think that somebody sat down and he planned it. No many things that work eh? it, it comes as a mistake so let me do how, how many of you remember the story that is how she she got the name how did the name come about eh? he, he said what he wants a shop where people will come and chop holy ghost put those words in their mouth and then suddenly shop chop shop shop Chop shop. It's a shop, but we chop there. Excellent. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Service is closed. I told you me my message is simple, but I hope you have gotten the message. God wants your life to be profitable, but let Him show you what He wants you to do. Simple. You tell me to do politics, I won't do. It's not my calling. But there are people I will support them, I'll pray for them. They, they should go and do find out life is very simple don't make it too complex i am the lord that teacher thee eh? in the way that when you read the verse 21 it's amazing they said when i led them they didn't test you will never see poverty if you follow the direction of the lord eh? look at it 21 why are people broke they've not found out what god wants to do they tested not when i led them lift your hand and say lord lead me lead me lead me she was also you know she was also telling about how god has given her and a good husband what about your own even this married people are doing concern concern about it Talk, talking 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 look at how nice it is you need to see when honorable came on this how many girls would like to have such a nice relationship take it in the name of jesus don't mind the thing that people say they tested not when he led them. You never get broke if you allow God to lead you. Lift your hands and complete the prayer. Lord, lead me. I'm too young to go in the different direction. Lead me, lead me, lead me, lead me, lead me. Maybe now you are you are studying dondology. God wants you to sell wape, wape. Direction. Lift your hands and speak in tongues. Lord, lead me. We are already fasting, so direction is very sharp. Everybody here needs direction. You are studying something in school, but it may not be what God wanted to do. Lord, lead me. That's all that we are learning today because if this beautiful lady can jump from oil and gas, and become a restaurant owner. I don't know about you. 
Lord, lead me. Don't say you know the future. No, lead me. God allowed her to go to university. She came. He went to oil and gas. He will allow you to do, you do all those things because they are all part of an experience. But finally, may you land at the place where God wants you to be. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, lead us, lead us, lead us, lead us, lead us. May we not miss the direction. May we not miss our way. Lead us, lead us, lead us, lead us. Lead us. And when you show us the way, we pray for consistency. We pray for consistency. Oh my God. Whether by mistake or by whatever means, push us into your plan. Push us, push us, push us into your vision. We give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are praying. Amen. Clap your hands for today has been an amazing day when we finish and you have something to access she's going to be around honorable too is a business expert so today let's join all of them together throw them questions left and right everything you ask them the two of them they will be able to answer where the wife doesn't know the husband will know but boy they put two, two books gloria copeland's book and Kenneth copeland he said what the man will forget the lady will remember amen let's welcome uh, please I think we can do better let's do better wow thank you very much supernatural growth wow it's been an exciting time um, this evening and so first of all before we start our announcement I would like us to dash our hands into our pockets and then bring our offerings it's time for offering the ushers will help us um, collect the offerings and so while we are at it, I would also want you to take out your phones. I think we do this all the time, but it is not often uh, visible. So please, today, I am begging all of us, kindly bring out your phones, go on Instagram or on TikTok, and type sbs.hhc and follow us on these two platforms. Now, the other reason why we ask you to follow the platforms are that all the nice pictures we take here at the end of the service is being put on our social media platform. So you can go there and then you would get access to your picture. Amen. All right. So the, the next thing, the next SBS is on the 29th of October. The next SBS is on the 29th of October. And I want to use the opportunity to entreat all of us. Um, please, if you are here and then you invited someone for SBS, please give me a wave. If you are here and you invited someone for SBS this evening, please give me a wave. Good. So today we are not doing 100, uh, first 100 people. But today, because of the people who are able to invite someone for SBS, please you see me for a pack of Gary Vibes. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So away from that, uh, Mrs. Uh, Duku and Mr. Duku. Or let me say Mr. Duku and Mrs. Duku. Please want to say we are most grateful for honoring our invitation this evening. Please, with a round of applause, let's say thank you to them again. It's been an awesome time. Um, you've, you've really poured out yourself to us this evening, and we are most grateful. Thank you, Mr. Duku, for also adding up 
um, to this presentation this evening. And like we said, right after here, uh, Mrs. Nuku will be outside. Okay, so if you have any questions uh, or you will need any mentorship, kindly see her for any um, advice whatsoever. And um, finally, finally, I just want to say this. This thing has nothing to do with SBS, but I just want to thank Papa for a uh, certain reason. You know, he always asks me why I don't like putting on shoes. Those who know me, I don't like putting on shoes a lot. <laughs> but, uh, Papa, please sit down. Where is you? <laughs> so, please, thank you very much. And uh, that is all by, by way of our announcement this evening. See you on the 29th. And remember, breakfast meeting is just five days from today. I'm not, adding, I'm not adding Saturday because, I mean, so please, do well to invite someone. Shall we call our Father to bless us finally before we leave? Thank you. Tonight as we are going to sleep, even on our way home, bring us directions. Give us directions in the name of Jesus. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe your needs were met and every word kept you in closer fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Want more? Find us on Facebook by searching Holy Hill Chapel AG or Reverend Kojo Boatendempa. Or you can join our Supernatural Generation family. You can also subscribe on YouTube by searching Kojo Boatendempa for our video messages to further boost your faith. We look forward to hearing your testimony through any of our social media handles on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.